A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a Deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. And a happy Monday to you. Not the prettiest day in the world, but... Hey, we'll run with it today. Time for the Buck Baloo Show here live from the Battery Atlanta on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and actually watch the show. Get that fan app, and it's driven by Beaver Toyota of coming. Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way to shop online. For your next car, visit Beaver Toyota of coming. Com. And the 10 o'clock hour on the fan is brought to you by the Haug Baron Law Group, your champions of personal injury law. We need to win your personal injury case. Go to championshiplaw.com. DT in the house, ready to get it started, ready to go to work. You were uh, clubbing last night, though, but you didn't have your shades on. That's a real, yeah, I just thought about that. It was a little too overcast. You, you know, you want to avoid the shades on a day like yesterday. A little overcast, rainy. Like yeah. today. Yeah. Is Podrick's a club? Podrick's was shaking last night, <laughs> it was, man. It, it was, was popping. It was popping. More of a more of a bar for me. But yeah, we had, we had a good time out there at Podrick's yesterday. Yeah, we appreciate them very much. What do you say we go ahead and get to work? Bucks. Big. Take. Stetson. Stetson, Stetson, what were you thinking, man? Intoxicated, banging on doors in an old East Dallas neighborhood at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, that is early in the morning time. I'm guessing he didn't go to sleep. Now, the report state Bennett was in Dallas training for the combine, which makes me wonder. What exactly is is that training all about? That seems like a little bit different training than most of the uh, NFL guys are trying to do. I don't know if you heard me earlier, Buck. Brian Finneran here from the locker room. Um, different the, kind of training, The right? scene, I was trying to set the stage because I, did, I didn't do what he did, but I was at a workout facility in Orlando getting ready for combine that I didn't get invited to and some other things, getting ready for draft and workouts. And you do, you work out Monday through Friday or Saturday, and double days, Saturday maybe one a day, and then you have like a night or two to kind of just relax and get away from that. Relax. Apparently he got away from it and relaxed a little bit too much. I've heard the term blow off steam. Yeah, may have done it, may have been part of that as well. So. All right, well, hang around, let me finish. I want to get your comment on this. So staying out all night, knocking back, uh, I'm assuming Pappy Van Winkle uh, bourbon, or this could have been one of those straight tequila nights couple of thoughts. Then why in the world is Stetson out partying alone? Where's his buddy? Where's his buddy that's going to look after him so he doesn't do any of this stuff? So who's his buddy at this workout facility would be my question. You're, you're really rooming guys you don't know. I guess he was asleep. 
And why didn't this buddy give him the key to the condo and the right address? Where at the end of the partying, he could go to the correct condo. Wouldn't have to bang on any doors. It's not a good look. Uh, it's not the end of the world, but he's put himself with some serious red flags with the way he's acted and the things he's done the last month. All right, good job this Thank morning. you very much. Obviously, like Finn says, this is not a good look. You skip out on the senior bowl and then get arrested for public intoxication. This is going to hurt his draft stock, as did the report that is circling around that he knocked heads with offensive coordinator Todd Monken, who is busy getting interviewing uh, busy interviewing around the NFL right now. The personnel guys were already getting ready to rip Stetson for a lack of size, stature. And now this? The message here is Stetson, lay off the liquor. Now his street cred may be going up. Plus the uh, his, his credibility with the Raiders might be going up too. But other than that, Stetson's hurting himself out there with with this situation. DT, what'd you think about this one, man? I mean, this is a little bit crazy. I, I mean, imagine yeah. that you're you wake up at like six a.m. and you know if you got the video doorbell, and I think a lot of people do. We do also. I'd I would have picked up my phone. I would have looked at uh, the phone that was tripped, and I would say, "Oh my God, Stetson Bennett's at the front door." Mailman's working on a Sunday morning. But yeah, Buck, I was I was disappointed to see you um, to hear about that looking up uh, yesterday Was it morning. the Pappy Van Winkle? It might have done it. Uh, you or get was too it much. a straight tequila night? Could have been the dark liquor. Could have been the, the the clear, the light liquor. Who knows? Uh, but yeah. Not a good look. Now, yeah, it, it's certainly not a good look, but... Is it, blowing off steam a good enough excuse? I, I That's not for me to decide, I guess. Oh, for I, you, I, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, you... you, you it's never good to get arrested, just to be yeah, think to be wandering around like that. Uh, but I mean, hell, I I can't say much about my college experiences. So I mean, uh, I I rarely was out drinking at six o'clock in the morning. I will say that. Well, no, he was knocking on doors or, at six a.m. I guess he st- yeah he stopped drinking around what four four o'clock. Well, I guess, these places closed around. what around four a.m. Maybe uh, that uh, that was the thing I saw in Dallas. There's only a handful of places. Let's just say. Um, the um, certain types of bars where they're the clubbing, yeah. Certain, uh, well, we'll say adult places are still open that late. So he may have been at one of those. Who knows what he was doing? But um, yeah. come on, we should we should emphasize again that you know, luckily there were you know he wasn't driving. There was no you know he didn't mouth oh, off at the cops. So there were some positives. No, I mean I'm just trying to make you some know light. I did get hooked in social media. I saw the uh, somebody tweeted out the video of. Baker yes. Mayfield yeah. getting arrested. That one got me for about two minutes. And yeah. that was in Dallas, too, right? I, I believe so. And right. yeah, right and when I saw the police that, tackle that was... him. And boy, I, I'm still wondering how he didn't get a concussion. He bang his, his head, head on that cement. Hitting yeah. that concrete sidewalk Whew. or that wall where they tackled him. So, yes, that and was. And I was thinking, my goodness, this seems yeah. a little early for the video the, from the police car to be released. hours later, right? Yeah. And then I said, oh, man, this is Baker Mayfield. And that's another thing. You don't, wanna, you don't want your name being mentioned along those lines. Yeah, the Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield comparison. Mayfield was able to work past it. So we'll see. Hopefully Stetson's going to get his uh, act together here, and, you know, it's going to be okay moving forward. What do you say? Hey, some big news out of the Falcons over the weekend. The Dirty Birds are in our blood. 
And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on the fan. So the Falcons have hired a new defensive coordinator, came down on Friday afternoon, Ryan Nielsen. It was a defensive line coach and co-coordinator with the New Orleans Saints and had been for an extended period of time. Knew Terry Fontenot. Fontenot knew him. I'm giving this hire a C, C plus. Zero. Zero experience calling the defense at any level. I mean, he was the Ole Miss defensive line coach. He was uh, NC State, the Saints, Northern Iowa, all these places he's been to, never once has called the defense. Tell you both, good luck. We're all counting on you. He was the co-coordinator with the Saints, and I believe that he, they threw him a bone when LSU offered him the defensive coordinator job in 21. So that is my criticism for the Falcons hire, and that's why my grade, I'll go with a C plus. C plus on Nielsen getting hired. Because he's never called defenses. And that's a big deal, folks. Now, I find it interesting, too, that you're seeing some of these media accounts and, you know, a lot of them are pointing, okay, this is the blueprint to the Falcons pass rush. Because in New Orleans, as the defensive line coach, Nielsen had gotten a lot of credit for all of those sacks that the Saints were racking up. And do I need to remind you that we hadn't been getting any sacks here in Atlanta? So he's been getting credit for that among the media types. The Saints pass rush, one of the NFL's best, with Nielsen as the defensive line coach. But call me crazy, but... Is that because of Nielsen? Or is that because of the scheme that they were running on defense and the top-level personnel they had on the defensive line? <laughs> I'm going to think it's the latter. And number three, uh, Nielsen's been down in New Orleans. They've been running a 4-3. So now we're going to transition back from the 3-4 to the 4-3. Didn't we draft all this personnel, D'Angelo Malone, EKBK, or whatever his name is? I mean, they were brought in under this Dean P scheme of running the 3-4. So now what are we going to transition to the 4-3? And what does that do to these guys we just drafted? Obviously, they passed on Steve Wilkes, who's on the open market. Now, he would have cost more to bring in here. He's a proven defensive coordinator. Now, we went with a cheaper option and a guy that's never called the defenses. And now we're going to transition back to the 4-3. C-plus at best in my book. What about this guy, Jerry Gray? They're uh, bringing over from supposedly from the Packers. Have you heard anything about well, him? Well, I love him. I mean, he's been around the block before. He's, he's played. He's He's coached, good experience. He's been with good football teams, got a good reputation. I, I like that part of the deal, but I'm just talking about Nielsen here. True. I mean, I can't get past the fact he's never called defense during the game. Never once has called defensive signals. And we're transitioning, what, back to the 4-3? What happened to the continuity? C-plus, Period. 
There's my thank, uh, Falcons angle today. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Todd Monken, we're going to jump on him, talk about him, too, as he's interviewing with the Bucks reportedly today. Interviewed with the Ravens last week. So a lot to get to as we move on in this one hour, the fastest one hour show and sports talk radio here, the Buck Blue Show. We got that coming up next and some more. Talk about these NFL uh, championship games. It's, uh, the Buck Blue Show, live from the Battery Atlanta on the fan, 680 and 937. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves' 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Six eighty and ninety three seven. Appreciate you hanging out with me Monday through Friday, ten to eleven. Get that fan mobile app. Listen anywhere, anytime. Time's running out to win that golf trip we've got going on. Our thirtieth anniversary, and we are kicking it off with a, a great Hilton Head Island golf getaway, hooking you and three of your buddies up with a six night, seven course golf vacation, courtesy of us. And America's Golf Island, Hilton Head Island. Going to play Harbortown, Palmetto Dunes, Oyster Reef, Old South, Hilton Head National, Bear Creek, and Golden Bear. Plus, you get 250 bucks gift card for each golfer in your group. Plus, you'll drive down in style. Our friends at Infinity of Gwinnett will provide the grand prize winner with a QX80. Plenty of room for your foursome, your golf clubs. You drive on down to Hilton Head. You better enter now. Time is limited. Go to thefan.com slash 30 before February 3rd. Hmm, that's the end of the week. You better get in there now, brother, if you want to win. Let's talk a little NFL playoffs. Obviously a busy day yesterday. And we got one game. Got a blowout in the other. Complete domination and... Philadelphia. The Eagles took down the 49ers 31-7. Complete and utter domination. Wasn't worth watching. Once Brock Purdy went down injured. And that was on the sixth snap of the game. First possession for the 49ers and their hopes of getting to the Super Bowl went right down the drain. Did you ever take a shot like that, Buck, where you were coming forward and the guy just comes right into the shoulder, elbow? That's just such an easy way to get hurt, it looks like. Well, once when I was handing it to Herschel, that happened. You about rip your arm out of your socket? And I spit on it, and I got back in there and handed it off again. <laughs> <That> a boy. <laughs> no, I can't say I was ever hit right there. You know, I was hitting the hand. I was 
little uh, preoccupied with injuring the thumb because, hey, if you injure your thumb, or something like that, yeah. you're not throwing the football, man. You can hand it off, and that's essentially what Purdy did. Now, he gutted it out, but obviously he just I mean, I'm worried about couldn't. Purdy moving forward here. This might require some surgery. Well, it's like an ulnar collateral injury, the UCL ligament. You're talking about in baseball, it's a full year. So he, he could possibly miss the entire 2023 20, season. Ooh, that would be a shame. For Brock Purdy. That would be horrible. And just when it seemed like maybe they finally had kind of figured it out for the quarterback. But. Yeah, this game wasn't even really worth watching once Purdy went down. Well, they they kept it at least somewhat interesting. What? For a little 31 bit. Thirty-one to seven. I was just I, I thought it was going to get more out of hand in the first half, and they they at least the Niners fought. Even we'll the Eagles that. sort of shut it down. Oh yeah, they, they took took. We got Minshew in there. Took out Miles Sanders. Everything. So. Yeah, let's protect ourselves. We're going to win this one. Going to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs and Bengals. Man, that was awesome. I mean, we got one great game in the AFC. That was awesome watching that one. Uh, Bengals down early, get their act together. Burrow leads them back. It looks like they've got all the momentum. And then it seemed like to me, tell me if, if you felt the same way, DT, but it seemed like all the calls went Kansas City's way down the stretch. Every single call went to little... the Chiefs, and it made me start thinking, okay, the NFL they and Fox, I believe Fox <laughs> with the Super Bowl game, they wanted a Philadelphia-Kansas City matchup because they make more money. They're in cahoots, Buck. Man, I tell you, it seemed like every call was going the Chiefs' way. What about the clock controversy? That was very weird. I, I even noticed that, that the, the clock stopped after that play. It seemed like it, but the, in reality, I guess it never started before that play. And then, yeah, that was that was absolutely ridiculous. Basically just giving Patrick Mahomes more chances. I think they hit that shot downfield to T. Higgins and uh, offensive was, holding. They oh, can yeah. call it on every play. Yeah, the uh, couple of pass interference calls on the Bengals uh, went against them. Uh, intentional grounding. I could have sworn there was a receiver. Yeah, the one he four threw out of bounds. Four yards away. Run was right there. Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. So, yeah. And the big uh, unnecessary roughing. Then that, I mean, that was a penalty. So, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was. I, and, Buck, I was I was rooting for the Bengals. I was rooting for overtime. We got robbed out of overtime. Yeah. And not because of a bad call, because of a dumb decision. But that, that guy would just let Patrick Mahomes run out of bounds, and we're going to overtime. Instead, you push him, and you lose the game. Well, look, you can call me crazy. Not you, DT. You are crazy, Buck. We know that. Not you, DT, but uh, the folks out there listening. But I'm at a point in my life... Well, I'll believe anything. Yeah, okay. I mean, if there was a, if the fix it was, was rigged, in, it was rigged. if it was rigged with Fox and the NFL to get the two big-name teams in there, Kansas City and Philadelphia, by golly, I believe it. Uh, I mean, in this day and time, with all this going on, I believe it. You've been on the Internet too much, Yeah, Buck. Twitter sure believes it. No, those were penalties. So that that pass interference that it have you seen the Pfizer the videos? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. So there's some thoughts there on the uh, the playoff games. Got the two best teams, though. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, you definitely know, looking forward thing. to this game now. It's gonna be. I mean, you got the Chiefs. I don't know why the. 
you know, all these sites, they don't count the playoff wins. Like, they'll say, okay, the Chiefs are 14-3. and three. I've got them 16-3. and three. I mean, it seems like, to me, the playoff games count more than the regular season games. So I'm counting them, man. Chiefs are 16-3. and three. You know what the Eagles are? 16-3. and three. I'm counting them, man. Been the two best teams, two league, best teams all year long. Right here we go. I mean, we got the two best teams in the Super Bowl. So let's let's go, man. It's going to be awesome. Have some more in the NFL coming up here in just a moment. Right now, though, man, I'm mixing in some college football. Mm, tasty. It's time for the College Football Nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Yeah, I want to talk about Todd Monk and a lot of talk going on with George offensive coordinator. Interviewed with the Ravens last week and reportedly interviewing with the Bucks today. There's a dead period in recruiting with signing day on Wednesday. So that frees up Monken to get off the recruiting trail, go down to Tampa, and do an interview with the Bucks. As far as the interview with the Ravens go, I, you know, my first thought is, is, what's the fit? Is it a good fit? Is it a bad fit? Is it a mediocre fit? What's the fit? Well, I look at Monken fitting in with the Ravens, and I think this. There's so much uncertainty at quarterback. I mean, Lamar Jackson, is he staying or going? Are they going to franchise tag Lamar Jackson? Are they going to trade Lamar Jackson? Is he staying or going? And if he stays, does Monken want to be running this uh, run-first scheme? I mean, is that what he really wants to do? And if Lamar Jackson exits, who's Monken's quarterback? Is it, I don't know, Derek Carr? Is it Anthony Richardson? I see where the Ravens, their draft slot is number 23. Look, Levis is off the board by then. So Anthony Richardson, some have him as the fourth-rated quarterback. Not sure he wants to go with Anthony Richardson as his quarterback. I'm just saying. So I don't think right now, because of the uncertainty at quarterback, it's not a good fit for Todd Monken in Baltimore. So what about the fit with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, talk about uncertainty. My goodness. So you got TB12. Apparently, Brady's moving on. So who's the quarterback in Tampa that he would be working with? Is it Kyle Trask? Is it a free agent quarterback they're going to be bringing in? Are they going to draft a quarterback? And then with Todd Bowles, uncertainty with him, too. I mean, he's still the coach right now, but is that just one more year in 24? Are they going to bring in a new coach? Are they going to tell Monken today in private that, look, if, if Bowles doesn't work out this season, we're going to fire his butt and we're going to make you the head coach if you come down here and be our offensive coordinator? And I'm not believing that if they're telling me that either. So I think there's so much uncertainty in Tampa, it doesn't make it a good fit, a good fit either. He's got a contract at Georgia right now with two, two more years left on it. Paying him more than $2 million a year. I will tell you this. 
And that is, I spoke with a Georgia quarterback on Saturday, face-to-face. And I, I, I threw it out there. I said, if Monken leads and, and goes to the NFL, what are you thinking? And the Georgia quarterback told me he was sold on Mike Bobo being promoted and stepping in as the offensive coordinator, that he would believe he's still in a really good spot if Monken left and Bobo took over. That's the Georgia quarterback looking me in the eye, telling me that. And I believe it because I, I believe the same thing. I think the world of Todd Monken, and I give him an A-plus for the job he's done at Georgia. But if the time's up and it's time for him to go to the NFL, Kirby Smart, the Georgia quarterbacks, the Georgia football program is in great, they're in a great spot with Mike Bobo already on the staff. There's a little college football for you today. Todd Monken. It's nice to be wanted. Yes, sir. I'm just concerned about the two fits, Baltimore and Tampa. So much uncertainty. I'm not sure Todd Monken's going to be real comfortable in either one of those situations. He certainly has been a good fit here in Athens, and he seems to like living in Athens. I should say there in Athens. He seems to yeah, he, enjoy that. He hinted that he might, might uh, want to retire there. So we'll see how that fit. Yeah, and there was uh, 404-231-1680, the number you want to get in here. we got a lot on the table. Stetson intoxicated. we got Nielsen taking over as the Falcons defensive coordinator. Uh, NFC, uh, NFC and AFC championship games yesterday. And Todd Monken interviewing out there. So four really good topics. You want to jump in here? 404-231-1680, the phone number. Be glad to have you come on. What were you saying, DT? Sorry, I lost my train of thought, Buck. I was oh, ready for right. the Bulldog yeah. Roundtable. Oh, were you? <laughs> oh, you want to do that early while we line up these phone calls? I think that's probably a good idea. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, far sideline, 15-10-5. Get in there! Touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Bulldog Roundtable on this Monday morning. I've been researching and investigating, trying to figure out. There's been so much coming and going as far as the personnel at the University of Georgia, as far as the football players go. It is tough to keep up with it, man. I mean, you got people transferring out. you got people transferring in. You've already had one signing period. Some of those guys are already on campus. You're having guys leaving early, going to the NFL. you got this uh, signing period that uh, wraps up on Wednesday with now the second signing period. What? Kirby must have a uh, a member of the staff or probably several people on the staff that are monitoring who's coming and going all the time. Trying to figure out, are we at 85 scholarships or not? Oh, we're at 83 today or 87? We, we got we to gotta balance this thing out. We got to be at 85. I mean, how do you keep track of all this stuff? It is tough. Man, I've got my own little depth chart here that I've done for those that are streaming at 680thefan.com. Here's mine. 
And it's got X's and, and circles just trying to keep up with what's going on. And as a former quarterback, man, I am always focused on the offensive line. And why wouldn't you be if you're a smart guy? I mean, the last thing you want to do is win the quarterback job and have a lousy offensive line. So trying to figure out what this offensive line is going to look like in 2023. The Bulldogs are going to try to do that three-peat thing. All right, Broderick Jones looks like a first-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Heck of a pass protector, does a great job in pass protection. And that's what you want in the National Football League. You want a guy that can pass protect. So he's gone. All right, who replaces him? That is a big, big question on this Bulldog offensive line. In fact, it's the biggest question. Is Amarius Mims, who I've got him penciled in to step in at right tackle, replacing Warren McClendon, who's been there for three years, moving on to the NFL. I've got Mims at right tackle right now. Left tackle could be Mims. I mean, he could slide over there and take over that left tackle spot. Tell you what I've heard, though, is there's been some positive reports on a freshman from this past year from California, Ernest Green, is a guy. Now, he was dinged up, and the media and the people probably uh, lost track of what he was all about. But people on the inside saying Ernest Green is a guy to keep an eye on and a guy that could slide in right at left tackle and roll with it, just like Broderick Jones did. Highly thought of, four- or five-star player coming out of California would be a guy that, that they are looking at possibly emerging as the starter at left offensive tackle. Now, let's say that doesn't work out. He's not ready. And he shows them that during spring football practice. Hey, Ernest Green's close. He's not ready to be in our left tackle. What do they do then? Well, as I understand it, they would take Xavier Truss, who started, I believe, most every game at left offensive guard, and they will slide him out to left tackle. And you would have Truss at left tackle and Mims at right tackle. So who plays left guard? Well, from what I understand, people in the know I spoke to this weekend told me that the former heavyweight wrestling champ out of West Forsyth, Dylan Fairchild, is a guy to keep an eye on stepping in and emerging as a starter at the left offensive guard spot. And as I think about left offensive guard, I think about Devin Willock and uh, thoughts and prayers continue to go out to his family for the loss that they're trying to deal with right now. But Fairchild uh, won the heavyweight state wrestling champ a couple of years ago, went undefeated. And he's had a little bit of time to get comfortable in the scheme Get a little bigger, focus on football. Dylan Fairchild is the guy to keep an eye on. Three hundred pound state wrestling champion sounds like a sounds like an offensive guard to me. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? You got Cedric Van Pran, who will be the the top center in college football in the upcoming season at center. Coming back one more time, and just we'll how valuable is that? Because you you might end up with a question mark at one of these guard spots, and to have. Well, I tell you so, what, when I was a young quarterback at Georgia, uh, going into my sophomore year, our center was a guy named Ray Donaldson. And Ray Donaldson went on to play, uh, I believe, 16 to 18 years in the National Football League. 
And I have never felt so comfortable behind a center in all my life than playing behind Ray Donaldson. Like a warm blanket for a quarterback Man. and those guys next to him on the offensive line. Yeah, right? Van Pran, he's like one of the leaders on the team. He, he's one of the team captains. He's a guy that's going to be, for all this first-time starter quarterback, is going to be a guy that's going to be calling the protection schemes, setting up the blocking schemes. Uh, it's invaluable, for, especially for an inexperienced quarterback, to have a guy at center that you can rely on. And it even goes as far as, uh, you know, you got so much on your mind as a quarterback, you call the play in the huddle, coming up to the line of scrimmage, you're trying to uh, decipher what the defense is about to do. Okay, what coverage are they in? Are they man? Are they zone? If they're in zone, what kind of zone is it? Uh, who's coming? Who's dropping? I mean, you got all these things running through your mind, and then you go, oh, my God, what did I call the snap count on? Is it on one? Is it on two? You got to hit the center on the button and say, hey, man, what is, it, is it on one or two? It is really important for a young quarterback, a quarterback that has not been a starter before, to have a center that they can count on. Van Pran will be the best in college football. You got Tate Ratledge at right guard, returning starter, best mullet in college football. No worries there. And you got Amarius Mims out there at right tackle as it sets up right now. So I don't know about Michigan winning that Joe Moore Award again this year. They've won it back-to-back -back years. What's up with that? Do they have Michigan men on that committee voting that Michigan has the top offensive line in college football? I think Georgia definitely had a gripe, really, both of these last two seasons. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And Georgia should right, be right back in the mix in the upcoming season. They will have, I don't know about winning the Joe Moore Award. But they'll have one of the top offensive lines in college football in 2023. I'm convinced of it. They've recruited very well. Yeah, not many programs are boosting this kind of depth on the offensive I line. I mean, That's you the got these it. guys that, like Fairchild is a good example. We're going to bring you in. We're going to beef you up. We're going to let you get comfortable in the scheme. And then down the road, you're going to win one of these starting spots. They stockpile talent since Kirby's been the head coach recruiting on the offensive line. It's been know, amazing. These guys know if they do stick around and stay within the system, if you end up starting on the offensive line at a major college football or a major SEC program like Georgia, you got a real good shot of playing at the next level. Now, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton. Is it a uh, yeah. transfer that may be coming in in this second transfer period? I mean, you don't know with Kirby. I'll say yes, Buck. It will be one of those. And Beck, he, he has to be the favorite, right, Buck? Well, yeah, he's the favorite, and he's a, he's the best passer of the group. I mean, he he's prototypical NFL quarterback as far as the stature goes. We're talking 6'3", 6'4", in cleats, 215, 220 pounds, uh, can throw it with velo. He's got some touch. I think he, he's got some mobility. People are discounting whether he can move around. I've seen him move around. He's, he's worked overtime on that. I've been really impressed with what I've seen out of Carson back here over the last 12 months. And he's, he's got to be the favorite going into uh, winning the job. Vandergriff has had to work on some things, and he's worked really hard with his game, tightening up his release. It was a little extended Took a little too long to get rid of the football when he came out of high school. I think he's tightened that up. Got a little smarter with the reps as far as not trying to fit the ball into tight spaces because when you do that, well, you're going to have more turnovers. 
He's learned to check it down quickly. Uh, I've been impressed with him and the progress he's made. I've always been a big fan of Gunnar Stockton. Tough. I think a lot of us are, yeah, Bob. I mean, I, and I love the story coming out of there that he was going to play C.J. Stroud for the scout team as Georgia got ready into their preparations to play Ohio State. Reminds me of Setson Bennett being Baker Mayfield back in yeah, the day. Stockton's tough. So this will be a really good battle. This is going to be awesome when spring football gets started. This will be the topic in this part of the uh, metro Atlanta uh, in the state of Georgia. Who's going to be QB1 at Georgia? We'll be talking about that at length in the coming months. But uh, they've got three quality guys right now that will be battling it out. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to that. All right, coming back on the other side, man, we're going to dive back into some NFL football as we do a top five. I did not bring the shades on, but I guarantee you this week we're going to have a quarterback club. You can count on it. You're listening to the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Got the Blues show here on the Fan 680 and 93.7. Get a new week started. I wonder what the rest of the week will hold. What's going to happen? Two weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl. We're going to draw it out a little bit, which is a good thing because, look, after the Super Bowl, football season's over. Over! Isn't that scary? You're going to have to dive into college basketball at that point. All right, I'm ready for the top five today, DT. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Top 5, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. All right, Buck. All right. NFL playoff edition of the top five. Yes, sir. So on as we conclude the week, Buck, who was your player of the week? The player of the week for the Buck Blue Chef. Wow. Uh, Chris Jones. Oh, yeah. Defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. A man on a mission. Yeah, you talk about an outstanding individual effort right there. Yeah, they said he was motivated by coming up a little short a year ago and not able to get some pressure on Joe Burrow last year. But I, I guarantee you one thing, he was getting pressure on Joe Burrow yesterday. Chris Jones playing that 
defensive tackle spot, but they were moving him all across that defensive line. That poor right tackle for Cincinnati had to block him on the edge a little bit. He's wreaking havoc on double teams. I was when just about he's to say, yeah, up double inside. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Four tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Hit Joe Burrow five times in the game yesterday. Is that good, Buck? And they had to target him coming in. You know, they set the protection. They, sp- they talked all week about their plan on Chris Jones. He destroyed him. Yeah, my player of the week, Chris Jones, defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a good call right there, Buck. Who's yours? Oh, wow. Patrick um, Mahomes. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's such an easy one to say. But, yeah, I mean, what, a, what an effort, I just man. try to go away from the quarterback as yeah, much as possible. Yeah, it's easy to say because he gets too much credit. And I'll just it's too predictable too much to go with the but, quarterback. I mean, pretty gutsy performance, Buck. I don't think anybody, at least I didn't expect him to, to be able to play that well that quickly off a pretty serious ankle injury. So. Dude's from Mississippi State, too. Uh, there you go. All right, Buck, moving on to... Um, on the other side, you you went with Jones from the Chiefs uh, for the 49ers. The quarterback situation, Buck. How do you how do you handle that? With your, yeah. your what is now your third string quarterback goes down. You go to your fourth string quarterback. He goes down. You essentially have no quarterbacks at, at a certain point, Buck. How do you handle that? Well, what was I telling you during the game yesterday when this happened? That they were screwed. Well, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought about the and we hear it here in Atlanta all the time because Rich McKay is on the, or heads up, the NFL Competition Committee. I mean, it sounds really important, and it is. And I think they totally dropped the ball. And I'm not trying to sit here as one of these know-it-all sports talk radio heads. I'm sorry if I'm coming off as that today. But, look, we're required to offer up an opinion, and here's my opinion, that the NFL Competition Committee, headed up by Rich McKay, made a huge mistake when they expanded the rosters. They took away the third emergency mm-hmm. quarterback from being available. And it showed up big in this game yesterday. Yeah, once your backup goes down, you're essentially... I think uh, that was a uh, terrible decision by the NFL Competition Committee. I mean, they could easily, even expanding the roster a couple of players, they could easily say, but we're going to keep the emergency quarterback thing in play. Because if we're in a playoff game and we've got a shot at the Super Bowl on the line and you get your first and your second team quarterback get injured. You know, you're talking about just the integrity of the product. I mean, all yeah. of us all of us lost out on a, on a good yeah. game potentially because of that. Dude, they got Christian McCaffrey throwing the ball. I was surprised we didn't see Debo and Christian throwing it a little bit more. Honestly, we were talking about during the game. What? I was ready for just a single wing offense, right? I mean, basically it, nothing's game, working. The game's over. And the game was over yesterday with uh, Josh Johnson. Look, if I were the Eagles, I, I know you're excited about going to the Super Bowl, but I mean, let's not get to, let's not celebrate too much. You beat a team playing a fourth team quarterback, and I think this is all on the competition committee. You got to fix this, brother, because that game was over. On the first possession of the game for the 49ers. Yeah, that's when good Purdy call, went down hurt. All right, Buck Walt, we're at Super Bowl 57, I think. That's right. Uh, all set uh, for two weeks, a little less than two weeks from now. Give us, uh, give us a couple Super Bowl nuggets, Buck. What you got? I'm sure you've already done a little research on this matchup. 
Well, I see where that gambling line has been volatile. When the line opened up, Vegas had KC minus one. And then during the course of the night, it went to a pick em. Then it went to Philly minus one. Then it went to Philly minus two. And then it went to Philly minus two and a you half. Know somebody with a gambling issue, 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-GAMBLER. So that line's at two and a half this morning. So there's some people jumping on, man, quickly. Changing that line up. I think, too, as a football fan, just as a general football fan, I'm pleased because we've got the two best teams in the National Football League playing in the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it. Both teams 16-3. and three. Best records in football this year. So I'm pleased about that. As far as the two-week wait goes... It's going to help Patrick Mahomes, I would believe. By the way, I was really surprised at how he moved around. Only with a week in between injuring or having the high ankle sprain and a week to get ready for the Bengals yesterday, I was pretty amazed at how well he was able to move around. Now, it showed up a few times during the game. But I think this two-week wait for the Super Bowl is going to help Kansas City getting Patrick Mahomes in a better place injury-wise. Yes. And then I think uh, Fox and the NFL got the desired matchups, as I was saying earlier. Uh, all those calls going the Chiefs' way late in the game. Pretty obvious that the NFL, uh, Fox, who gets the Super Bowl this year, wanted Philly and KC going at it. Shock jock. They didn't want Cincinnati in there. All right, so the NFL's Just one rigged. man's opinion. Let's move on to the, uh, in the, in the NFC. Cowboys uh, came up short last week. What do you think about the Cowboys firing O.C. Kellen Moore, Buck? What do you think? Well, you got a hot take for us? Come on. Bring it, Buck. Well, I think under Jerry Jones is uh, the wild, wild west there in Big D. And here we go again. I mean, only the Cowboys, right? So you're going to fire Kellen Moore. Now, is he the problem? Because uh, the best I can tell, three top ten offenses over the previous four seasons in the National Football League. Now, to me, that's doing a really good job. And now you're going to fire him? What, because Dak had a terrible year? It's his fault, huh? And here's the kicker. Not only are you going to fire the guy that was running an offense that was top 10 three of the last four years, you're now going to let that knucklehead McCarthy call the plays? Only the Cowboys. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Talk about ignorant. Here it is right here. We'll call that the top five. Five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. I thought we had one more. Yeah, Buck. I, well, we, you know, we got we to gotta get out of here soon, buddy. Well, I, no, we call it the top five. All right, well, then fifth. What is your what is your take? We are, we talked about this a little bit at Patrick's yesterday, Buck. The joggers on on these uh, on the golfers. Buck, Who, Sam Ryder? Yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing right now, Buck. So we're expecting to see you. You're going to break those out for one of the majors this year? Maybe the Chili Dip Open, the 680 Classic? What do you think? Maybe. We're going to see you in the, the the capris. Share those ankles off. Wouldn't it be fun? I mean, we'd, we'd laugh a little bit. Who, who plays? I, all these guys playing and with no socks, it's, or the short That's socks. That's, That's so, my beef. I, I, that, I wouldn't. That would bother me. Yeah, it would bother me very much as well. I'd rather play barefoot like you talk about than play with short socks. Or the crew socks. Don't get me started, Buck. Yeah, previously, I wore the white golf pants out to one of the 680 it's events. Good, we good spoke look, about Buck. it prior, and... 
you know, we had some laughs. I'm all for having a few laughs. Yes, these were white pants. These were slacks, dr- golf pants, not joggers. Now, I don't think it's a good look, the joggers. Anyway, there you go. That's that. Hey, want to uh, give a shout-out to Patrick's there in Vinings. Uh, great job with the NFC-AFC throwdown last night. Had a lot of fun interacting with the 680 Defend listeners. Talked to a lot of you guys. We appreciate you listening to the station. And I uh, got a book app coming up Thursday this week at McRae's East Cobb, Thursday, 6 to 8. That is February 2nd. Hope to see you out there. We continue to pedal inside the hedges. That's going to do it for the Buck Blue Show on this Monday. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck. Where's Nernie? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 